Welcome on in to the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard, thanks for joining us here on this Thursday edition of the show. You can check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Lots to get to today. Tim, it's July, but we've got brackets from the one and only Joe Lenardi. He's got the Syracuse Orange in right now, so we'll talk about that in just a second. And also, Brian Kelly, the head coach of Notre Dame football made some very, very interesting comments that I want to relate back to Andre Sisco and whether or not he's played his last down at Syracuse. So we will get into all of that and we'll also pay off the results of our Twitter game Tuesday from earlier in the week. So Tim, we start with bracketology and as premature as it is to be seeing these brackets be put out by Joe Lenardi, I'm still very, very intrigued because I think there is something that you can draw from it. At least what is the national perspective of Syracuse right now? And we got into the ACC power rankings earlier in the show, or not in the show, but earlier in the summer that yeah. John Rothstein put out. He wasn't too kind to Syracuse in his assessment of them, but I won't say he wasn't kind to them, but... He, he didn't have the orange very high among ACC teams. But when I look at Joe Lenardi, he's got Syracuse not just in, but one of the last four buys in. An 11 seed playing number six Rutgers in Lexington. So we may not, or well, we're not getting Syracuse and Rutgers in football. But according to Joe Lenardi's way too early prognostication, we will see them on the hardwood in March. Yeah, how about Rutgers as a six seed? That's kind of appalling Wasn't to that, see. I think... Mike Waters has Rutgers as the Orange's Big Ten ACC yeah, potentially. Game, if that ends up happening. Right. Big that was his pick to click. Days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, you know, what are the sure things in Syracuse sports fandom in the past five, six years? I'd say Eric Devendorf just leading the Bayheim's Army team. Maybe that's recency bias, but regardless of who's out there, Devo being <laughs> yep. the leader. Going left. Eric, yeah, going left. Eric Dungey running over people or refusing to slide and scrambling and making plays happen. And then I would say Jill Lenardi putting Syracuse on the bubble in a bracketology. Well, let's which, also not forget Brandon Trish winning yes, games, right. too. I guess you that's, cannot forget that. That's the announcers definitely saying it in TBT. That's the Joe Girard <laughs> yeah. is New York State basketball's all time leading scorer. That little verb or little you know he played football too i don't know if you heard that yeah i i have heard he played in the dome actually just making sure you knew yeah just just pretty cool yeah he was he was kind of the big man on campus so anyway good to see a bracket i guess they're not technically on the bubble but they're one of the last four buys and i gotta say you know just right off the heels of us talking about the the rothstein files as i think he called it the the off-season rankings to see nine teams from the ACC in this way-too-early bracketology kind of surprised me. Very surprised to see Virginia Tech as one of the play-in teams as an 11 because Rothstein had them as 14th in the conference. And I was very, yeah, I was shocked by that too. Yeah, I'm with Rothstein more than I am with Lenardi. I agree. I think nine Mm -hmm. teams is a bullish claim for the ACC. Big Ten also had nine. They were the two highest conferences in this bracketology from Joe Lenardi, but you would assume that he is operating under the no Alan Griffin waiver, no Alan Griffin eligible to play umbrella and seeing them at an 11 seed, I think is if anything, a little bit generous considering that. 
I was with you too. So here's the way that I looked at this. I'm not looking to see, okay, what is Syracuse? What seed are they? I'm, I'm breaking down. I'm looking at this more from the perspective of how does the national media look at Syracuse among the rest of the ACC? And I think the fact that the ACC is getting so many teams, like you mentioned there, they have the, the same amount of teams as the Big Ten in a tie for first with nine apiece. So when I see that and I'm seeing this love for the ACC, maybe I'm not taking into account the struggles of the rest of the country. So when I see this from this perspective, I look at who's ahead of Syracuse, who's behind Syracuse. And the notable teams that are behind them are, like you mentioned, Virginia Tech, but also Clemson, another one of those teams who Rothstein had slightly above the orange in his rankings of the ACC. I believe Syracuse was nine and, and Clemson was eight, if I remember yeah, correctly. I think that's right. And then they're behind the following teams Virginia, Duke. Virginia's a one seed, Duke has a two seed, UNC a five, Florida State also a five. I think we can be in pretty strong agreement that all those teams are going to be better than Syracuse this year. Yep. Now here's where it gets interesting. So Louisville is, the, according to uh, Joe Lenardi, the fifth best team in the conference at a six seed. And then Miami, just barely ahead of, or actually I shouldn't say just barely ahead, but Pretty actually well ahead of Syracuse as an eight seed as compared to Syracuse being an 11 seed. So when I look at that, I see, okay, it's pretty, there, there's two teams that are heads above the rest in Virginia and Duke. UNC, Florida State, and Louisville are all kind of in their own tier right there. Then you've got Miami, who kind of sits in between there and the rest of the teams that are in the tournament, who are all coming in as 11 seeds. So found that interesting to see that's where Joe Lenardi maps these teams out across the ACC. Yeah, I was surprised Georgia Tech gets no love at all. That was the one team. I'm really shocked by Virginia Tech. And I would say this is a generous, maybe even more generous than I am as a Syracuse follower than Joe Lenardi is right now. Because to say they're the seventh best team in the ACC – operating under the assumption again i'm assuming that he's thinking alan griffin won't get a waiver because yeah there's no explanations for any of this right it's just, yeah and it's just, he he slaps out some bars and, and names i really do maybe this is kind of crazy to say but i do feel like he plays with the syracuse fans a little bit intentionally during some of these. oh yeah he'll release another one of these in like a month and it'll have syracuse on the bubble then he'll have them last four yeah out and it's or well, first four out yeah let's face it he knows the syracuse fans are going to be keen observers just based on the bulk of fans there is and then also there's... i'd love to see the click distribution of yeah like the the, <laughs> the geolocations <laughs> the of the clicks yeah yeah i i guarantee he does some of this stuff to draw a little bit more attention to it because like remember that i don't know if it was during the season or if it was in one of these off-season ones but he had syracuse as an eight or something going against mike hopkins and washington as a nine and I remember yeah, all the talk on Twitter that. that day was, oh, wouldn't that be fun? Or like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he put, I guess, Georgetown, you can't really put this year. But if he did a Syracuse Georgetown or just some sort of thing to draw a more Cuse eyeballs to it, because he knows he knows the Cuse fans follow and there's some history there. Maybe I'm overthinking that, but to see them in this bracketology in some way, shape or form kind of near the bubble 
makes sense given what the roster is right now. We're both of the camp that Alan Griffin will likely get the waiver, although I kind of want to see that come. I mean, it's not like we're running out of time, but it'd be nice to just move past this limbo phase and know what is the roster going into next season officially. All right, we'll get to some football stuff in a second with Andre Sisco. Has he played his last down? And Brian Kelly, the head football coach at Notre Dame, has said some things to suggest that him, along with many other NFL draft prospects, may have indeed played their last snaps of college football. But first, I got to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars these days, it's pretty much impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. But hey, guess what? That doesn't mean you don't need to repair your car and maintain it as well to save money. That's where Rock Auto comes in. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com also offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market is like. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login at all. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and DIYers. why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and don't forget write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you again right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we're the ones who sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Tim, before we get into Andre Sisco and the comments made by Brian Kelly about what the NFL draft picks that are going to come out in the spring might look like, did you see this? So we tweet out stuff about our podcast on our Twitter account, at LO underscore Syracuse, and in our tweet promoting yesterday's show, where we talk about Deuce Chestnut, did you see who's, who's sliding in the comments? No, I don't think I saw this. Okay, so Landon Morris's mother, Lori Morris DeVry. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't see that. She came in, and she's doing some recruiting, Tim. She is out there campaigning for the Orange. So Deuce Chestnut, we we tag him in it, and she replies to the tweet and says, in, in reference to Deuce, be a priority and play early with a ton of orange emojis. Oh, so that's awesome. Deuce Chestnut did see it. He liked it. So, hey, maybe there's your, your social Sherlocking. Little, yes. uh, He's been liking a lot of our Recruiting stuff, moms so. out there doing doing the work on the front lines. So, Dino, get her on staff, all right? <laughs> yeah, I love to see that. That's great. Yeah. I, I also, I, I found out something interesting about um, Landon Morris's mother. She was the 1987 Indiana Miss Basketball. So wow. that's in her Twitter bio, too. So maybe Jim Beheim get her on staff and do a little <laughs> recruiting for the Orange. Anyway, let's get into the topic at hand here. That is, what is the NFL draft going to look like? And will we see 
some of these higher-end players that will be entering the 2021 NFL Draft forego the college football season if it is, in fact, a season that happens in the spring, which as we move closer and closer, it looks like that's the way we're treading. So Brian Kelly was on Get Up on ESPN with Mike Greenberg earlier yesterday, and he made these comments about how he wouldn't be shocked, and in fact, he might push some of his players who are draft hopefuls to sit out the season. Those conversations have already taken place with um, the parents uh, and and agents are are certainly talking to them about the eventuality that if this season goes uh, late, uh, maybe you should forego your your last season. So it's already in the minds of, of some of the players. So if this season gets pushed off, if certainly it's in the spring, then it's in the hands of what the NFL is going to do with their draft. I would say this, that if if the players that, that are draft eligible have an opportunity to go to the NFL and they are, you know, certainly draftable players, um, then then they have to look at their future. And and that means uh, looking at the draft. If they're not, then then they come back and they train and then they get ready to play the, the season if it's in fact in the spring. So when I hear that and he makes it seem like these conversations are well, well underway, And I was surprised, usually we don't see college coaches be that open about, especially for a season that we don't know when it's going to happen, but I've never really seen college coaches be that open about pushing guys to go pro prematurely in that manner, especially on the football side of things, where, okay, I'm going to tell him to go essentially before the season even happens. Yeah, it's something that I don't think is being talked about now, I guess it is because that's a national show. I was going to say it's not being talked but about But that's the first time I've heard it on the national show, yeah. too. And I think you won't really hear a lot of people discussing this, but I don't know why that's the case because this is going to become a thing. I guess it's one of those things now where all the talk currently is, will football happen? What's the latest? What are the reports? There's so much of that consuming people that I think we'll just cross the other bridge of what happens now once it's a spring sport, potentially when it, when we get to that and maybe we're sort of jumping the gun, but from a Syracuse lens, you know, we were discussing the Andre Cisco thing uh, earlier in the week on how he might already have played his last snap for Syracuse. I hate to say that. I hope that's not the case. I think there's still a chance that he would be, we don't know. I mean, he could be someone that just is a competitor and says, I'm not going to go out like that. I I wanted one more season. I've been training. I think it's best for me. But also, could you really blame him, as Brian Kelly said there, if if he just considered his future? It all depends on the NFL draft, and I think you and I are both in agreement that the NFL draft's probably going to stay in April regardless because... Well, I don't know... I think we're, we actually disagree on that. I don't think okay. the NFL draft is staying in April. I, I think they're going said... to move it back to... No, yesterday I said I think it's going to get moved back to later in the year to kind of accommodate for college football. Okay, maybe I misheard you. I, I think it's not going to get moved too much, though, right? I mean... I think it's going to get doctored around what the college football season looks like. Well, if that's the case, I'd feel much better about Cisco Plain because... Is it maybe seen as like, you know, if you're an NFL scout and you see Andre Sisco opt not to play when he could have played and that wouldn't have 
you know, changed his NFL, like chances of making the draft on time or having to play while the draft's going on. I guess you do have to move it around because then like the NCAA would be just too upset with the NFL. I guess the one problems, the counterpoint to that though, is this baseball has their draft in the middle of the college baseball season. And the, uh, the lacrosse league, uh, was it the MLL, not the premier lacrosse league, but the MLL has their draft, I believe during the season as well too, if I remember correctly, they could do it that way. They could do it that way, but I don't. I just don't see football operating that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I just don't know. I mean, I haven't really, honestly, read up on any reports one way or the other, and I just know that's something that is being considered with the spring college football plans. Of you know, the, a couple of the things that you hear, some of the sticking points are the tough thing is that you have to go back and play twice in a short window. And that's not great for safety. And then also the NFL draft is something that you keep seeing as kind of a con to the spring system is that timetable really altering things potentially for someone like an Andre Cisco and also other players on the Syracuse roster. We should say like, I don't know about a trail Williams. I think he's so on the fringe of getting drafted that I would hope that he would still play at Syracuse regardless of how this all shakes out. But, I mean... Yeah, he. I think we're in agreement he would have to play. Yeah. Because there's draft prospects and then there's draft hopefuls. Draft prospects are guys, in my mind, who they're going, they're going to be picked in this draft no matter what, yeah. whether they play or not. I mean, then you already draft... see kids set out bowl games. Like, and right. think about... And I know it's a different sport, but in college basketball, every year the number of players that are testing the waters and leaving early is rising and rising. And honestly, I think it contributed to the skill level of play this past season where it did feel like the quality was a little bit down. There was more parity, wasn't as many superstars. It's because we're seeing this trend. Kids want to go to the pros. And and I don't blame them no, either. Yeah, I mean, not at all. Listen, you set out for a dream. Your dream is right in front of you. Are you going to say... Uh, let's let's wait a little bit. Let, let's actually stay in school where I have to work two lives pretty much as a student and as an athlete. And then on top of that, have the pressure of if I don't succeed as a athlete, then I don't get to realize my dream. Whereas, okay, I have succeeded as an athlete and I can be drafted based on my past performances. So let's go that route and let's go realize that dream a little bit sooner. It's listen, when you have your dream and you can see it and in your, in your dashboard right now, it's very tough to, uh, to turn that down. And that's what a lot yeah. of these kids are battling with. I, I think the I think it's also just like putting your guard up a little bit now because it's we've seen it so many times. The only exception to this was Tyus Battle, where I just feel like now whenever you're having the conversation about one of these kids, basketball, football, any sport, any team, any school, in all likelihood they're going. When that conversation's yeah. being had it's battle was the outlier. Yeah, battle was surprising, and a lot of teams and a lot of schools don't have any examples of a Tyus battle. Syracuse is lucky to have one, but they also have plenty of examples. Yeah, I think Jordan of a, Wara of Louisville is the other one. Yeah, that's that true. I can think of in recent memory. Yeah, but no, it's it's the lottery complex too, right? And I'm not talking about the NBA lottery. I'm talking about like if the real state lotteries. When you win the lottery, not that I speak from experience or anything, but you're given the option of do you want the lump sum right away or do you want 
the full value of your winnings and it's paid out to you over a number of years. And I mean, that lump sum, sure, it's not as, as big as maybe you would hope. You had initially won on your on your lottery ticket, but at the same time, it's still a lot of it's money. It's tough to turn down. Or you can yeah. get the full payout of going through the entire process, but it just feels like it's a, a smaller amount because it's given out to you over a large increment of time. So I think the other complex to, to look at here is what is Dino Baber's stance on this? Because we, we hear Brian Kelly talk about this, and it seems like he's pretty willing to push his kids to go to the NFL draft and, and skip out on the college football season. And maybe that's Brian Kelly saying to himself, oh, well, I don't know how great our chances at a college football playoff this year. I want to know what Dino Babers thinks about it because, sure, he preaches family, and family means you don't turn your back on one another. But at the same time, I don't think Dino thinks he's playing for a college football playoff this year. We're not going to see bowl games in all likelihood, so that's out the window. And do you want to try to groom some of these other prospects so that they're ready by the time that you get to 2021 and have a fuller season in that fall? Yeah. And I know I already said this point, but I'll say it again because I think it holds true. If Cisco's a first-round pick, that has a lot of value to this program. So I wouldn't be too yeah. upset if he, if him leaving early and him not playing meant that he was a first-round pick for sure. Again, I respect his decision. And also, I see a lot of value in the forthcoming years for Syracuse once that happens for nabbing a guy like a Deuce Chestnut who's a four-star. Someone of that caliber in his position group, that looks great. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, coming up next, we're going to give you the results from our Twitter game and also give you our picks. It was a start one, sit one, and cut one of three former Syracuse point guards. So we will get to that next. All right, so we had some fun on our Twitter account this past week. Our Twitter Game Tuesday, the return, Tim Leonard. You're yes. back at it with our Twitter Game Tuesdays. So looking forward to more of those throughout the summer. And this is a start one, bench one, cut one, and a list of three former Syracuse point guards. We've got Michael Carter-Williams, Johnny Flynn, and Tyler Ennis. So how do you want to start this? Do you want to do the replies first, or do you want to give our thoughts on this? Let's do the replies. And All right, let's do Let it. me just say, a lot of the replies, and I kind of saw this coming, where people were like, I can't do this. Nope, can't yeah, do it. Yeah, you know what? I'm calling out all the Syracuse fans who did that. Cowards, all right? <laughs> Cowards. Pick yeah. one. I know these guys are are we love strong, all. strong ties to your heart, but I don't care. And again, you even you even put that. Of course, we love all three, but if you had to start yes. one, bench one, cut one. So yeah. let, I, I, let's get into it. Right? Yeah, I think. I understand why people feel that way. I was hesitant to even do this, and I thought about it some more, and I was thinking that we've done the pick threes in the past where you put up nine players or something yeah. like that, and you mm -hmm. pick three. In a way, you're cutting six in that instance. I, I understand it's a little more clear-cut here, but I don't know. I thought this was interesting because it's three guys that all, to me, fall in kind of the same tier. Recent memory point guards who were drafted fairly high, haven't quite had the NBA success, especially with a guy like Johnny Flynn because of injuries. But anyway, some of the funny responses, I will say the funniest one that I saw was from 
Carla at Cuse Carla. She said, this feels like a weird version of F. Mary Kill. <laughs> yep, I saw that one. <laughs> Which the uh, first time I saw these circulating, I think it was it was like an NBA one of three all stars. And I thought I kind of thought the same thing to myself. I was like, oh, this is kind of a fun trend that is very similar to that. So good. Good response from Carla there. I also like James Zuba's response too. He said, starting yes. Goody at Matthew Gutierrez, benching Joe and Lance from Q's Militia, cutting Barstool Q's. And then Q's Militia replied with a gif, kind of a taken aback gif. Yes. And James goes, You got to sit, Chief. You've reached your third heat check of the game, and it isn't even halftime yet. Sorry. <laughs> so I like that one as well. But. Of the people who actually did participate in the game and and put their seeds on the chopping block here, um, and I commend you for that, Johnny Flynn seemed to be the the popular one to start. Yes. I, I think we can get into my picks, I guess. I would start Johnny Flynn. Now, I'm with you. It's really splitting hairs, and that's why this is this stuff's kind of fun. Because Really? Well, I'm not saying it's... My starter, I think, was, was easy. It's yeah. the, the second part. I'm where just saying I had a if you if you lined up their trouble. stats and kind of their career at Syracuse, you could make a case for all three of them because Michael Carter Williams all around was so spectacular, great at the top of the zone, probably the best defender. Went to a final four. Yeah, I mean, you you know, I could lay down a case for all three. I just think it gets to personal preference, and I miss Johnny Flynn the most of the three of them. I just enjoyed watching him. I think we've talked about on this podcast how he is kind of one of our favorite Syracuse players. Yeah. And I think of more moments associated with him, the Rutgers game, some of those dunks, and I don't know. Maybe it's the little guy thing, but I I was with you. I think it was pretty easy for me to start him right away. Between the other two... I lean slightly Tyler Ennis, I think, for benching. And then it's hard, but I think I'd cut Michael Carter-Williams, which just shows you how good this group is. Ennis, for me, just hit more big shots and has kind of more of the it factor late in the games, I'd say. And I know it's the Pittsburgh thing, but he did it all season long in his freshman year when they were really good that year. And my thing, I'm also with you. I'm benching Ennis and I'm cutting MCW. And that's because Ennis did that all in one year. Michael yeah. Carter-Williams, it was a development project where his first year he didn't do a ton, and then his second year he turned into one of the best players in the Big East. So I, I'm with you. I'm also going to bench Tyler Ennis and then cut Michael Carter-Williams as a part of this exercise. Okay, cool. Now, I also did see Syracuse memes respond. They said, sorry, I'm playing three guards on my team, and I saw some yeah. traction that was – Saying, oh, you can just play, uh, let me find, it was Mets, at Mets home run guy said MCW can play at the bottom of the zone, which I thought was kind of funny, because it is true, I mean, he's so tall yeah, that if you really wanted true. to get into it. But yeah, some fun doing that, and I know it's a tough one, because we love all three of these guys, but I appreciated everyone Absolutely. that responded to it. All right, so we had some fun today. We're going to have some more fun tomorrow, Tim, because have you seen this trend going around Twitter? It's a little old now at this point, but it's worth going into. But it's describe blank moment as boring as possible. So we're going to go back and forth and give each other a little quiz, all right, from some great Syracuse moments as boring as possible. So I am going to quiz you, you're going to quiz me, and we're going to see if we can get each other 
on these moments. All right, so we will get to that tomorrow. We're also going to talk a little more football because there's a list out of the top 10 quarterbacks from one ACC network analyst and a former great ACC quarterback himself. So we will dive into that list tomorrow. Where does Tommy DeVito line up among the conference? And we'll also talk some more transfer stuff because there are guys getting their waivers passed. And one of the big pieces on the offensive line for this upcoming season would be Chris Bleich. And he has not gotten that waiver pass quite yet. So we will see what's going on there. And yeah, exactly. They, They continue to play the great waiting game with all of us Orange fans. So we have a packed show for you tomorrow. And I'm sure some stuff will also pop up between now and then. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you tomorrow.